Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. Got another great episode coming at you here and just like uh, the other week we've assembled some of the finest members we could for this topic here today and we are talking climate and how it's affecting you and your hunt and what we're packing, what we're wearing and what we're doing to overcome that. So let me introduce our, uh, our team here, our Avengers tonight. We got the one and only, the voice of podcast himself, Chris Page. What's going on, man? <laughs> What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited that we got us together and uh, yeah, you know, I think we got a good topic tonight. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, the repeat offender, the bone collector, the Scotty Haynes of TikTok and Instagram here. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Thanks yeah, for the intro, you know, Bobby. Happy to be here again. Same to me. <laughs> That's okay. I'll take it. I'll wear it as long as I can, I guess. And then coming from the far land beyond, the OG Alaskan, Miss Sarah, how are you? <laughs> doing great. Thanks. How are you guys? <laughs> We're all doing pretty good, I think. I don't want to speak for everybody, but... And I, I didn't go through all your nicknames that we talked about before, so I, I cut it down to the OG Alaskan. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> so without further ado, Chris, why don't you kick us off, you know, talk a little bit about what you're packing, what your climate's like. and let's see Yeah, man. So I think uh, as the hunting season gets closer, we're kind of all starting to gear up and get squared away what we're going to be wearing, what we're going to be packing. And I guess now more than ever, there's so many options as far as uh, hunting gear. We have you go to the top of the line with like Sitka and First Light and uh, Kuyu and all those kind of manufacturers. But one thing I've learned is while I still kind of invest in that clothing and I still wear a lot of that stuff, um, you can get a similar or pretty much the same kind of performance out of a lot of a lot of different clothing that isn't really geared towards hunting. So I think one of the biggest things to keep in mind, especially for uh, the climate here in the Northeast is you hear it all the time is cotton kills. So when you're building like a clothing system, you want to avoid cotton at all costs. And that is, that includes cotton socks, cotton underwear, um, <clears throat> cotton t-shirts, flannel, stuff like that. Um, and the reason being is because cotton absorbs absorbs water and your sweat and moisture and as you're brushing through the morning dew on whatever grasses or understory you're kind of collecting all that water and you're comfortable until you get to the stand and something here like in the northeast is stand hunting so as soon as you sit down and chill out uh you start to get cold because that water doesn't wick away so when we hear like uh like uh fabrics with wicking properties what that does is it pulls the water away from your skin and allows it to evaporate faster and that evaporation when it when it occurs away from your skin keeps you warmer and conversely it can keep you cooler too in the summertime because you're not feeling that like wet clammy nasty feeling you feel like when you wear a cotton shirt at the gym or whatever so i think uh when i build my system um the biggest thing is cotton kill. So I'll start with a base layer. I like merino wool. Um, merino is a really good insulating layer. It, it's wicking. Um, but the biggest thing about merino wool is it doesn't smell. It's got antimicrobial properties to it. So again, you think of like your gym clothes, 
and it doesn't matter how much you wash them or how soon you wash them. Eventually, you start to sweat at the gym after you've been wearing those shorts or that t-shirt for six, eight months or a year, and it starts to get a funk to it. That can happen with hunting clothing too if it's all synthetic. So I like to go with merino or at least a merino blend, and that kind of helps avoid that. Um, so I'll use that as a base layer, and the base layer is your your right next to skin layer, uh, and that takes care of a majority of your wicking. And then from there, I'll go to insulating layers, and with whitetail hunting, uh, silence is key. A lot of Western clothing is a little more synthetic, a little more, I guess, swishy, so to speak. But when you're thinking about whitetail hunting, how quiet you have to be, you're within 20, 10, 30 yards of a deer, you got to be real quiet. So some things I'll lean towards is uh, like uh, like fleece. Um, fleece is awesome because it's cheap. It insulates incredibly well. It insulates even when it's wet and it still has that. Uh, that wicking property and it's not going to hold on the moisture moisture and absorb it. Um, it stuff that dries fast is stuff that you want to be wearing. So I'll, I'll use that, that fleece insulating layer. Another thing I really like is wool, just like traditional old school wool button downs or uh, even wool sweaters, especially for like duck hunting or something where it's getting real cold. Um, doing those late season duck hunts here in January can be frigid. So I like to bundle up in the wool. Um, the downside to wool is it's heavy. And if you're packing it in, say you're out West or you got a long hike to your tree stand, even here back East or whatever, uh, wool doesn't pack well. It doesn't, uh, roll up or, or stuff well. And it, like I said, it is heavy. So that's where, uh, fleece and stuff comes in. And then for my outer layer, that's where a good outer layer is where I spend my money because it's hard to find real quality fabrics that are quiet and insulating and not bulky. So that's where it kind of helps to, I'll spend a little more money and I have first light stuff, but I mean, first light Sitka, even like Huntworth, Forlo, all those companies are doing, starting to do the same thing. They're making real quiet materials, um, little bulk and extremely warm. So that's kind of my system. Again, don't get hooked on making everything camo because I've found through my experience that as long as you're still you and you're wearing earth tones, uh, generally you're going to be all right. Um, I haven't been busted in a tree. I don't rely on camo too heavily. I do have a little bit of camo, but for the most part, I'm wearing stuff that I can wear around town. I can wear at home. Um, and that's because a lot of this clothing is so expensive that I'm not going to pay hundreds of dollars to wear it two or three months out of the year. So, uh, I try to buy stuff that is multi-use. So like I said, I can wear it out to dinner. I can wear it at home, wear it to work, wherever. And just trying to get my, the most use out of it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's just kind of, kind of simple guideline as to how you can build a system. Um, and a lot of it's going to depend on trial and error. It's going to take some time. You're going to have some cold hunts. You're going to have some hunts where you're sweating your butt off, but eventually through experience and time in the woods, you'll figure it out and you'll figure out what you need, what you need to bring. It helps to kind of pay attention to the weather too and the, the temperature and wind and 
remember for your future hunts what the conditions were, what you wore, where you're hot, where you're cold, and then uh, that'll help you build a system for future hunts. Awesome. Now, where you're located, you're not far from me, so you got every season possible too. So, like, like in New Jersey, yeah. I know it's it could be. 30 degrees, 20 degrees in the morning. And then by noon, you're looking at 70, 80 degrees. So I'm oh, yeah. sure it's the same thing by you too, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, even early season, once early season archery starts, it starts September 14th. I'm sure it'll be 70 plus degrees during the day, about 50 degrees at night. Um, so you can kind of get away with wearing pretty much whatever. I'll wear like a, a wool button down and I have uh, just regular like uh, polyester hiking pants I'll wear. And then not even two weeks later, it starts to get real cold. It's not uncommon to get nights down into the the 30s and have the days in the low 60s or high 50s. So being adaptable and uh, being able to cover a variety of climates is something that's really helpful too. Fortunately, those hunting out west uh, have a lot more to worry about because one, they have to worry about packability. Yeah. They're carrying everything they need on their back. They're going from 85 degrees at the trailhead to sometimes 30 degrees where they, wherever they pick their campsite. So fortunately yeah. back East, we don't have to worry about too much of that. We can just carry everything we need in a day pack. Yeah. Now you're a saddle hunter, right, Chris? Yeah. Yep. So I, I've always wondered this. So when you're in your saddle, and it's like mm-hmm. this kind of like our climate. How the hell do you take your base layers off? Like, can you, can you take your pants off, or you kind of just fucked? Uh, so I even like. Uh, all right, I'll give you an example. So yeah, yeah, kind of. So <laughs> when, uh, of course, Bobby's trying to take his pants off. In the <laughs> okay, well, right, just Bobby. saying, man. I sweat Usually, when I'm walking from my truck to the tree stand, so I'm yeah. always wondering. You know, like I sweat bad when I'm walking in, and I'm always like. I'm going light. And then I try to put my pants on when I get in the stand or my bibs and I want to do saddle hunting, but I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? I can't do this. So I pack everything in. I wear, I wear like, uh, just my regular base layers, which is just that Merino wool. And then when it's real cold, I will wear, uh, like, uh, like joggers. So just like gym joggers. And then, over that, I'll put my hunting pants. So sometimes when it's real cold, I'll eat, I have bibs. Um, I'll wear bibs and then I'll pack those in. Um, if it's like in the 30s, I have like wool cargo pants, just like the old school solid green um, cargo pants. And I kind of between the joggers, uh, the cargo pants, regular like lightweight, I have uh I got, I got a ton of pants. I got a weird thing for pants. I have like first light obsidians. I have, uh, if you go to Walmart and get the Wrangler synthetic, they're like a polyester stretch work pant. Um, they're like 20 bucks. I wear those a ton. They're a little bit on the noisy side, but for the price and I mean, they're, they're awesome. They wick, they dry fast. Um, you can, I've walked through a hayfield at, five in the morning and gotten soaked. And then by six, they're totally dry as I'm sitting there in in the stand. So I kind of tailor my, my pants layers to what I'm doing. But anyways, so back to your question. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I digress. 
that's awesome, man. Adaptability right there. The, what yeah. What you can bring and what you can. I love that. You know, I'll wear as middle minimum clothing as I can from the truck to my stand. So, like I said, I rely on those joggers a lot because it's so easy to just hike in sweatpants. Um, and then when I get to the tree before I start getting into the saddle, I'll throw my bibs on or I'll throw my cargo pants on or whatever. I would say nine times out of 10, I'm walking to the stand in the dark, even if it's real cold out in just my base layer top and a fleece vest. And I'll wear gloves because my hands usually get cold. But when I have those real long walks, especially the ones that like if it's up and down hill and I tend to sweat, it's going to pay off to be cold when you get to the tree. And then you can always bundle up with all the layers after. So having a backpack that can kind of accommodate two, three layers for your top and bottom is going to be clutch. Um, just because adapting to different temperature swings is going to take up space in your pack. So, um, I'm not opposed to strapping stuff to the outside of the pack either. Uh, I've kind of modified my packs and added straps and, gotten all crazy with that stuff really just for the sole purpose of carrying in more layers when it gets colder. Yeah, definitely. And you have to do that around our area. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. That's a good tip and what you use and what you pack. I love that. And you know, like you said, there's so much different things that you can bring and can't bring. And for people that like us that have the different season changes, you don't know what it's going to bring to you. So it's good to have a, a vast difference of gear to bring out with you. And I love the fact that you said, like you said, you know, it doesn't have to be camo. I mean, I'm that guy that goes to wherever I'm going, food shopping, I'm wearing my Sitka jacket because yep. I'm fucking comfortable in it and I don't care yep. what people think. But right, right. That's awesome, man. Love it. Scotty, man, you got different climates from us too. So what do you what are you packing? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh good job, Chris, man. You cover a lot right there. All really good, helpful information. Um, man, I'm out here in California. It's hot. It's really hot and it's going to be super hot this weekend. Um, and it's going to be my first weekend getting out to hunt blacktail with the club. And, um, it's supposed to be like 110 degrees on, on Monday. I think, you know, we have the day off, but it's going to be super hot. Um, you know, there's just so much taken into consideration. I, myself, I've kind of, uh, um, I've started wearing uh, like more of a long sleeve shirt in, in the heat, you know, and try to stay more covered up uh, in, in the heat for that. Um, I found an awesome, uh, uh, it, it's like a, I guess it's like a UPF plus, which, uh, you know, doing a little bit of research, it, it basically only allows like 2% of the UV rays to penetrate and to really have like access to your skin. And so, um, and, and it also has a lot of wicking um, properties to it as well. Um, and when it gets hot and there's, you know, here in California, when you're hiking the Hills, I mean, they're steep, it's hot, it's dry. Uh, the flies are everywhere. You know, you can, this one, I, I got it. It's actually from Kuyu, but, uh, it's a, it's a Gila kind of hoodie. It's a long sleeve hoodie. And, um, and I love it. I mean, I can, I can tuck that hoodie over my head and stay covered up. And actually, amazingly, I feel a lot cooler having a hoodie on and having, having long, long sleeves on, um, but, uh, you know, uh, and a lot of the gear now is lightweight. So lightening your load as much as possible out here is really, you know, key, um, you know, and having a lighter load also, um, lightens the impact on your feet as well. Uh, I think naturally, you know, when the ground, you know, the ground is absorbing all this heat from the sun and, 
definitely I feel like my feet will tend to feel hotter um, in the hotter climates, obviously, you know, opposed to like when I'm hunting in Colorado, when it's cold and, you know, you're just hiking to stay warm essentially um, and trying not to sweat at the same time too much. So you're trying to find that even balance of not sweating too much and uh, but then still keeping the body heat up. But again, out here in California, you know, I um, talking about our feet, you know, it's important that you got a, a good set of boots. You know, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, we always had two pairs of boots. One of those boots were what we call jungle boots. And they basically just had like a small couple small little ventilation holes in the side to allow your feet to breathe. Um, and uh, I started using those out here in California. Um, I, I enjoy them. I feel like uh, you know, I feel like my, my feet are able to breathe a little bit more. I'm a little bit more comfortable. Uh, but again, on top of that, having a comfortable set of boots, uh, with that, uh, it's also good to, even though it's hot out, you know, I'm still wearing two pairs of socks, um, you know, a lighter, uh, smoother, uh, first set of socks. And then, you know, just a, a basic set of socks, whatever you feel comfortable with. Everybody's got their favorite hunting socks in their drawer, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to wear these ones tonight or tomorrow or whatever. But, um, that just helps with, uh, for me, for, uh, the wear and tear and feet, uh, hiking in the Hills. And then, um, you know, uh, so really for me, it's about being comfortable out here in the high, high temperatures. And of course it goes without saying, staying hydrated along the way. Uh, there's tons of ways to try to stay hydrated nowadays. Nowadays, you know, those uh, little IV packs are, um, you see them all over the place and they're, it's always good to have a couple of them in your, in your pack either for yourself or for your buddy, you know, you never know. Everybody, everybody's, uh, everybody's handles heat differently, especially if you've ever had any sort of, uh, like heat stroke or any sort of heat illness, you know, you're more susceptible to that, um, further on in your future. So, uh, just kind of being prepared for yourself in those situations, uh, and also for, you know, the people that you're hunting with, you know, and, um, and making sure that you always, always have enough water with you. Um, you know, it's just, it just all goes without saying hiking in the heat and whatnot, but it's amazing to me how different, uh, you know, hunting is and what you're wearing and how you're hunting, uh, how it all applies to wherever you're at, you know? And so even though we're all here in the States, everybody has their own special individual way of staying comfortable in the hot and the cold, um, and making sure they have their favorite gear with them to make sure that they, um, you know, can get the job done. But, uh, those are my tips, you know, just staying comfortable and, and, and really uh, ex- minimizing your exposure directly to the sun. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And that's huge because especially when you don't limit your exposure to the sun, you know, you're going to make yourself more fatigued right off the bat. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I start getting the sun on me, uh, I start getting hot. I start getting tired. And like everybody says, you know, when you're out in the sun all day, you, you start to feel the wear and tear of that sun. So definitely a great tip, Scotty. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you. And also, I'll also say real quick, you might want to limit the amount of beer and alcohol you're drinking the night before before a long hike, because if you're going out in the heat, man, it's going to whoop your butt. That's for sure. (laughs) Are you speaking from past experience or? I'm speaking from future experience. Future. (laughs) We'll get search and rescue on your pin drop ASAP for you. Yeah, right. And now for the complete opposite of hot as hell weather, <laughs> the the tundra itself. How are you preparing? Um, well, we do really two different kinds of hunts up here that are 
where you pack very differently. Um, I've done doll sheep hunts and then, and then packing for moose and caribou is pretty similar. Moose and caribou are similar to each other. Sheep is totally different, but you can use a lot of the same gear, uh, in either hunt with sheep hunting. Obviously you're going to be bringing everything on your back. So you're going to want to bring as little stuff as possible and pack as light as possible. Um, and you know, those hunts can be anywhere from 10 to 14 days, same with moose and caribou, but, uh, I think both Chris and Scotty touched on how layering is everything because you would be surprised sometimes uh, even in September in Alaska, way up North by the Canadian border or wherever the heck you are, it'll get hot. It'll get sunny and it'll get hot. And um, when you're packing out a hundred pounds on your back, you'll sweat quick, even in the cold. So for our layering uh, for 10 days, we bring in like, I've got a sports bra, a couple of sports bras usually. I'll bring two because I get sweaty and, you know, got to dry them out. And like Chris said, cotton kills. So no cotton. Make sure you're really careful. Make sure you get a high quality sports bra, um, which I know you guys are care a lot about. <clears throat> um, yeah, same I'm with underwear. Right now. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're looking it up. I could give you some recommendations for brands if you want. Um, and uh, and then Merino too. We There's different... Uh, you know, there's different thicknesses of Merino and we've got some local stores up here that carry some heavier Merino stuff, which I usually pack where we hunt, it gets below freezing at night. And sometimes it'll even snow uh, on your camp. So we're, you know, we've got a Arctic oven tent. Have you guys ever heard of Arctic ovens? Oh yeah. No? I have. I okay. Have Bobby has. All right. Well, Google that shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arctic oven. It's their heavy duty tents. They're big, they're heavy. When we do our moose and caribou hunts, we bring those in because we we have a Razor 1000 that uh, that we take in, we take back, um, we drive in, and uh, so we're able to pack a big old heavy tent. And that thing's got a wood stove um, inside of it, which is nice. So that helps dry out your gear every night. Um, but but you'll really want again no down merino base. I get a heavier merino base fleece, like you said, Chris. Uh, fleece is super valuable here. And uh, then I usually pack a heavier down layer. Um, I'll pa I ha I pack like a light down layer for my jacket uh, and then a heavier down layer for my pant um, just because I personally get really cold in my legs pretty easily. And I'll wear that at night inside my sleeping bag. I get super cold uh, inside a, even a warm tent and a sleeping bag. Um I, I usually don't like plugging companies, but I tell you, I, you Chris, you were talking about how you can buy less expensive stuff to use where you're hunting, but high quality gear is essential up in Alaska with the extreme weather that you have. And we're out in areas where there's no cell service for for hundred miles or more. Um, you know, it is essential that you've got the highest quality gear and Kuyu's really come a long way. Um, our whole family is like decked out in Kuyu, not necessarily because we want to rep the brand, but because we went hunting, moose hunting last year with our two little kids. They were four and five at the time. And there's really like nobody who makes good quality kids gear. Kuyu has recently started coming out with stuff and we still have to supplement with them too. Um, but, but I use their, uh, their down upper. Um, I don't have their down lower. I have a pair of uh, Kafaru 
pants that I really like. They're down pants. And I like those because, Bobby, you were talking about removing them, shedding layers. They zip all the way down the sides. So you can remove those really easily. Kuyu also has come out with um, merino pants that zip all the way down the sides too. Mm-hmm. So those are super convenient, especially when you're wearing, you know, your lace up boots and stuff that get super wet. Um, it's nice to not get have to. You. Man, that's wild. I have we have Scotty talks about it all the time. Dude, I, mean, I, 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 should, I should own stock. <laughs> You and me both, Sarah, because I, I'm obsessed with Kuyu. I mean, but I'm, you know, uh, Kuyu actually started about 15 minutes from where I live and they have one brick and mortar store, uh, in Dixon and, uh, people come from all over the country. Every time I go there, there's somebody, uh, there from out of state making sure that they made it a point to stop there and go stop by their store and go pick up whatever they can get. It's not very big. It's amazing with how high quality it is, um, how small of a little storeroom they have, but you know, obviously all their stuff is online. I'm obsessed with them. I, I, I was over there every time I drive, every time I cruise through there, like on my way to Sacramento or wherever I'm going, um, I mean, I try to make it a point to stop. I brought my girls there with me too. And that, can we get a shirt? And I was actually amazed. I was looking, I was like, oh my gosh, I actually have like, you know, junior and youth sized uh, mm-hmm. hunting clothes, you know, and granted, no doubt about it, the, it goes without saying that you are absolutely making an investment in your experience, you know, by buying any sort of high quality, lightweight uh, hunting brand out there. It's just no doubt, you know, it's expensive. It, it just goes without saying it's, it's super expensive. And, uh, but when you get out in the field, you realize how valuable that is and how worth it, it is to be wearing, you know, whatever, whatever article of clothing that, that is. But, um, but I'm decked out in it too. I, I wear it to work. I wear it hunting. I do, if I can, if I can get anything to you, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. So I'm right there with you, Sarah. Yeah, I'm decked out too. And I, I mean, I do like the brand, you know, the founder played for the Niners. I'm a Niners fan. I am so biased now. Now, everything, (laughs) all your credibility of it, I'm throwing out. (laughs) Aside from that, um, their kids gears is actually really good, but we still, you know, I want to touch on the kids a little bit more because if anybody's interested in bringing your kids, I mean, that was our biggest challenge last year was finding gear for them. It was really hard. And they're too small for the smallest Kuyu stuff last year. So that was a challenge. They'll fit in the Kuyu stuff this year. But um, but we got uh, Patagonia, I know, Patagucci down jackets for them. Um, again, they could use those. They use those year round, which was nice. Um but but those really helped keep them warm and insulated because that was something that we were really worried about was keeping our kids warm. Um, and and then one of the other things that we use is because we drive in uh, in our side by sides, we go through some nasty shit and you're there's like mud and crap everywhere. Our our hunting season for moose and caribou, it's like rain it's crap you you kind of want crappy weather but kind of don't <laughs> um but it's it's nasty and so when we're driving on the side by sides we don't want all of our nice hunting gear to be covered in mud and so we deck out and heli hansen's got some really nice um rain gear that they carry at our local shop called barney's um barney's is amazing i'm gonna put in a plug for them they uh, a lot of people who sheep hunt or moose hunt uh, use barney's packs frontier gear of alaska um 
They're awesome packs. They're a little bit big for me, but a lot of people use them, but they've started coming out with, uh, with a clothing line too. Uh, that's that a lot of people like wool layers. Chris, were you talking about wool? I think you were talking about Yeah, I'm a big wool fan. If I can get away with it, but sometimes. Yeah, they're coming out with some nice, like soft, less heavy, lighter wool stuff. Um, that that a lot of people are using up here at least but uh but we get our hilly handsome stuff there and then for the kids we want them in bright orange and so we buy grundon's rain gear Do you, are you guys familiar with grundon's yeah like the <laughs> fishing bibs and that yeah so we yeah, get yeah. we get the kids grundon's fishing bibs and jackets and stuff so they're bright orange so we can see them and it keeps them super dry and they wore that both on the side by side and just you know regular everyday romping around in camp hunting. Um, but, but I'd say shopping for the kids was really hard. A couple other things that we bring wool socks are essential, obviously, uh, bring however many pairs of socks you think you need. Like I, I think I bring four for a, for a 10 to 14 day hunt. Um, and I bring a thinner pair for, for packing and then some thicker pairs for, you know, every day, uh, uh, hunting without carrying a heavy pack. Um, and boots are everything. I mean, you guys know boots are absolutely everything and you can cover a lot of territory, both with sheep hunting and moose hunting, as you guys know. Um, so I try to find something with a wider toe box and inserts definitely need some solid inserts for your Mm -hmm. hunting boots, which I'm sure applies to every type of hunting. Um, for, for, you know, we, we always want like a fleece headwear and then also like a light, thin Merino hat. Um, uh, again, Kuyu's got both of those, which is pretty convenient. And uh, they also fit my kids. So so we're able to get our headwear there. And then for gloves, we've I carry like a lighter uh, pair of gloves that I could also wear inside of um, down chopper mitts. Kuyu's got a great pair of down chopper mitts. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and those are essential for glassing. And anytime you're not moving a lot. You need the chopper mitts. I, I use those for both sheep hunting and uh, moose and caribou hunting. And then gators, you need gators for river crossings, um, for any, you know, sheep, moose, or caribou hunting. And uh, crocs are actually super popular for sheep hunters. Really? Have you heard that, Scotty? No, I haven't. But it doesn't surprise me because of just how lightweight they are, you know, and how easily probably packable and, and they're, you know, they're not going to get wet. Exactly. So for river crossings, we've had a lot of people who are using Crocs now for sheep hunting. Wow. And I brought Crocs to Colorado last year, just really more for kicking around camp, but they paid yeah, off. Worth it having the pack. They, I mean, they don't crunch down to nothing, but you can smash them into your pack and they pop right back to shape. Yeah. So that's really, I mean, I don't think I had anything super different, but um, but we always bring that thicker set of rain gear that we wear in the side by side, and then a thinner, um, usually quieter set set of rain, super light set of rain gear if possible. My other big thing is I learned this the hard way. My first doll sheep hunt, uh, we were in ninety to ninety five mile an hour winds. It was super nasty, and it was horizontal rain. We had a bed down behind a big giant rock. Uh, we couldn't put up a tent. It folded our tent. Um, but when we hiked in, um, the gear that I had back then, it was 2012, 13, maybe the gear that I had back then had elastic 
don't do elastic. Elastic will squeeze that water like right up your mm -hmm. sleeves and you won't even notice it. It squeezed water down my boots and I didn't notice it until we stopped and I got hyperthermic really fast. So, um, so get hunting gear that's got, uh, like water gear or rain gear that's got the, uh, that's got the cuffs with the, uh, Velcro or some other sort of system, Velcro or snaps. Do not do elastic. I do not recommend that for going up in Alaska with the rain because that's a good way to get hypothermia and not even realize it. Didn't even realize I was wet until I stopped moving. Yeah, that's that's a, not a good thing to find out and find out the hard way either. Yeah, it was yeah. scary. It was scary for a minute. <laughs> just li just listening to you, Sarah, talk about hunting, man. It. I want to go awesome. home with you. I just like <laughs> I'm getting jacked just hearing you talk about the clothes you're wearing, hunting, but you know, <laughs> and what you're bringing, yeah. but. Holy crap. I mean, yeah, that sounds so door. awesome. It's uh, here. Notes. I'm like a prima donna compared to you guys. I'm like, I pull, I walk in the woods 15 feet, get out of my truck that's got massaging seats and heated seats. And like, <laughs> I know you're, like, you're sending pictures and texts and shit from your hunting camp of freaking devil yeah. spiders. And I'm like, you won't hear from me for two minutes. <laughs> uh, so awesome. <laughs> Everybody's different. Fine. All right. Judge me. Whatever. <laughs> It was no, a big spider. Awesome. You know, to hit on Scotty's point about boots, one thing I learned, and it, it took me years to learn it, is I need to bring two pairs of socks, even if I'm just hiking a little ways into the woods. Yep. Like, yep. I, it can be a four-hour deer sit, but I have to have two pairs of socks. And that's one time I will wear cotton. I'll wear cotton for the hike in in hopes that the water doesn't wick away into the boots. The I want the cotton to hold my sweat. And then when I get to the tree, I'll then I'll change into either merino wool socks or like uh, lamb's wool socks, like the big puffy ones. Mm -hmm. And then I'll get in the tree. And I have found my feet have been far warmer that way because I kept buying insulated boots, but the boots were providing way too much insulation for the hike in. And my feet would sweat like crazy on the way in. Yep. Mm -hmm. So now I can get down to like right around 30 degrees in the tree stand, just in uninsulated crispies. Um, and that's made a huge difference just from changing my socks, just from bringing two pairs of socks. So that, that was a game changer for me. I mean, it was to the point where my feet would hurt so bad. And just by changing my socks, when I got to the tree, it was, a, it's awesome. Absolutely. I think anytime you're hiking, going on a hike or going into the back country or going on a hunt, Having an extra pair of socks in your bag is just an absolute because it's not only for your feet. You don't even know what you can use. You can use a sock for a multiple for multiple different things, right? You know, if you need to make a quick little, you know, two and outside somewhere and you don't have toilet paper or something, there you go. You got your socks. If I've seen people try to uh, actually use socks to make uh, a makeshift tourniquet, you know, if they needed to. So you can use socks for anything, you know, so it's always important to have that, I think. There's a handful of stocks kicking around Connecticut from uh, emergency use <laughs> that I've had to leave behind. <laughs> Go ahead, I, Sarah. I'm sorry. I, oh, it's all good. I was just going to say, I like um, the Darn Tough socks. They have like mm -hmm. a awesome yes. warranty, but but they make all different thicknesses of wool, which are great for up here. But they're bomb-proof. I mean, they're not bomb-proof. I've got holes in some, but they'll replace them. That's yeah, I've, heard, I I, I've heard a lot about them lately. I've never known about them uh, until probably actually until, you know, I got linked up with HLE and started getting insight from other people around the country. And 
I've started to hear a lot about Darn Top. Yeah, they're a Vermont company, so they're pretty popular here in New England. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Highly. I'll agree with that, too. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. I, I think we uh, we unpacked a lot of information today on on different va- varieties of weather and climate and gear that we're packing up and things that everybody's bringing. And I'm not even going to give you my tip because nobody wants to know my 10-foot walk and what I'm using. So I'm just <laughs> shutting up online. <laughs> so. Well, I want to I wanna know what will kill that spider. So I'm going to be honest with you. I, uh, I'm going out tomorrow and I brought – a bug bomb and brake cleaner. So if one of those two things don't <laughs> fucking kill that thing, oh my gosh. I, I'm doomed this year. So a backup plan is buy another ground blind. That's the uh, backup plan on this one. That's what happens when you don't check on things, I guess. Oh my well, guys, that was been a great episode. I had a lot of fun with this one. We got a lot of information. Um, as always, we appreciate the hell out of you listeners. Go and follow the Hunt, Lift, Eat official Instagram page. Go follow our new Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast page. And if you like these podcasts, you like the future podcast, do us a favor, listeners. Leave us a five-star review, please. We appreciate the hell out of you. Thank you.